0: Thank you for watching today. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with pastor's notes, scan the QR code right here on your screen. You can also find them on our app. Today we're starting Going Deeper, a series on Romans 1 This verse talks about how to walk away from God. Pastor is going to take these same steps and put them in reverse to show you how to grow closer to God. As the Bible says, although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. This part of the verse is the focus of today's message, glorifying God. Let's get started.
1: So today I want to start a new series. I just titled it about 10 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to call this Going Deeper. All right, Going Deeper. In Psalm 42, verse 7, the psalmist wrote and said, Deep calls to deep. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. Now, the deep in God calls to the deep in you. Uh, In Proverbs 20, verse 27, it says this. It says that the the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So when God calls to you, when God speaks to you, when God reveals something to you, he's not talking to your head because God's not a head. Uh, In John chapter four, Jesus said, God is a spirit, right? First Thessalonians five verse 23 tells us you are a spirit. So when God communicates to you, he illuminates you, he enlightens you, he does it in your spirit. So we're gonna talk about going deeper, that the prophet Hosea in the Old Testament was speaking to the children of Israel. And he said, break up your fallow ground. He said, it's time To seek the Lord. So we're going to talk about breaking up our fellow ground. We're going to talk about seeking the Lord. Isaiah said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. So we're going to talk about forsaking, but we're going to talk about not just forsaking our ways that are contrary to God and our thoughts that are contrary to God. But uh, we're going to talk about how do we replace them? But for a springboard text, we're gonna take Romans chapter one, verse 21, which says, although they knew God, you know, the, the, the whole world of, of uh, atheism that we experience today is something that's really taught. Uh, you go to any ancient society and all, all societies, all cultures, recognize that there was god that there was a divinity i have a friend who was in vietnam on a support base and a christian witnessing and he said there were just all kinds of atheists until the bullets started flying and the mortar shells started landing and he said then all them the atheists were crying out to god like little girls help me jesus Uh, Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people who claim to be an atheist, but when it gets right down to it, inside of us, God has put the knowledge inside of every person that there is a God. Because although they knew God, they didn't glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now... Right in this verse, there's four steps away from God. Notice, first of all, it says they didn't glorify him as God. Uh, We'll talk about that today. It says, nor were they thankful. Second step. They became futile in their imaginations. Their imaginations literally begin to work against them. Right? That's their meditations are working against them instead of for them and their foolish hearts are darkened forth." Now, if you put that in reverse, you can find the steps to going deeper in your relationship with God. If you put those same four steps that'll take somebody away from God, you can reverse those steps and go deeper and deeper into the things of God. So first of all, you glorify God. Secondly, you're thankful. Thirdly, you recognize the power of imagination or meditation, meditating on God's word. And fourthly, having a good heart. And how do you have a good heart? Jesus said, either make the tree good and its fruit will be good, or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. Now, Jesus is talking about your heart and he says, you can make it good or you can make it bad. So, so we'll talk about that uh, sometimes before we, we finish the series. So it says, number one, the first thing they didn't do that we need to do is glorify God. They didn't recognize who he was and they did not glorify him as God. So what does it mean to glorify God? By the way, uh, you look it up in the dictionary and it would simply say to render or esteem glorious. Like that does a lot of help. You know <laughs> that really does not help. So, so how do we glorify God? Well, surrender means to value, to prize, to reverence. So it's to esteem, to value, and to prize. So we need to glorify God. Now, somebody says, "Well, well, how do I do that?" Well, realize this: that God reveals Himself to us through His Word by his spirit. It's through the word of God, by the spirit of God, that he reveals himself to us. So in order for us to esteem, to glorify God, what we need to do is we need to esteem, value, prize, and reverence his word, because he reveals himself by the, through the word of God, by the spirit of God. So Psalms 138 in verse two says, you have magnified your word above all your name. God has magnified his word above all of his name. And we can say it like this. If God does not honor his word, he will cease to be God. He will cease to be God. If he does not honor, Honor his word. He has magnified his word above all of his name. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, God says, I am watching over my word to perform it. Jesus said in Matthew 24, He said, Heaven and earth will pass away. He said, But my word will never pass away. Psalms 89, verse 34, My covenant I will not break nor alter the word that's gone forth out of my mouth. When uh, the apostle Paul is, is talking to the Thessalonians, he says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So he said, when we came with the word of God to you, you recognized this was not men speaking to you. This is God speaking to you. This is God's word. So, so let me give you a couple of examples of how to esteem the word of God. For example, in Hebrews 10 verse 25, it says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner or the custom of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, um, 20 years ago, a person was considered to be a regular church member when they came to church three out of four weeks, All right? Today, it's one out of four weeks, one. Now, they consider themselves equally committed to Christ But the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And and, and what so many people say is, well, you know, I'm just spending time with my family. Well, you know what, you should spend time with your family, but not take time away from God's family. Let that sink in. Well, I'm, I'm I'm just spending time with my kids, I'm spending time with my spouse. You know, but what the Bible tells us is we need to put the kingdom of God first. I thought that would go over just about like it did. But the truth is I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. All right. How many of you realize that we are living in a sexualized culture? I mean, they can't sell toothpaste without putting sex in it. I'm going to give you sex appeal. Um, I I remember a while back talking to a, a, a woman, Christian lady, and who, who is living with somebody and talking to her, and giving her this scripture. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel with sanctification and honor, not in the passion of lust, like Gentiles who don't know God. For God hasn't called us to uncleanness, but to holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but rejects God, who has also given us the Holy Spirit. So when I talk to this person, they, 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 they said, well, you know, I'll pray about that. Now, let me remind you, you don't pray about the Bible. You do the Bible. But yet what, what so often is happening in our culture, we don't esteem God's word. We esteem our culture. We esteem our desires. We esteem other things over God's word. And if we're going to, the way that you glorify God is by esteeming God and esteeming his word. You know, another real simple example would be in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this as the Lord of hosts and see if I won't open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. And and I've talked to Christians, Is what they say. They say, well, I know I should tithe, but I need the money. And more often than not, what it is, this is, I want to get this, or I want to get that. And so what we do is we esteem our desire over the word of God. I, I want to give you some some uh, really good advice. And I'm going to take Proverbs 24, verse 7 as uh, A text for this. It says, prepare your work outside first. Make it fit for yourself in the field, and afterwards build your house. So the Bible says, no, this was in an agrarian society, and it says, first of all, it says, plant your orchard, plant your vineyard, get ready for something that's going to take care of you later, and then, take care of your house. Do you know what we do in in our society today? We build our dream house first and it takes us 30 years to pay for it. And then we never take care of the field first. We never get around to taking care of the field. Uh, I I was uh, reading just in the last couple of weeks in an article talking about the average American at retirement, uh, how much they had put aside. And it was just a pitiful thing, just pitiful. So I remember my grandfather, now he was a farmer, um, sitting down with me. I was probably 10, maybe 11 years old, 12 at the oldest. And, and he, he, he said, now this is what you do. He says, the first 10% you always give to God. He said, now the next 10%, he says, you keep that. He said, and you, you do something with that, right? You in, basically what he's saying, he says, you invest that. He says, and then you live on 80%. Right? Now, the problem is in our society today, most people live on 110%. They, they get everything. They, they spend everything they get plus they borrow another 10%. And you're always going to be going backwards. You're going to go backwards forever, right? You live on the 10, 10, 80 principle. Now, listen, you say, I can't do that. I need it all. Listen, everybody lives on a percentage. Everybody lives on a percentage. Some people are living on 100%. Some people are living on 90%. Some people are living on 110%. Some people are living on 80%. Some people are living on 70 Some people are living on 40 Some people are living on 50 Those people that are living on 50 what do you call them? Rich. Because they've invested. They've invested. But so often, even when it comes to the very basic, the first thing the Bible tells us to do is to honor God. Because when we honor God with the first portion, the entire portion becomes blessed. Let me just say something. 90% with God's blessing always goes farther than 100% without it. Always goes farther. When you put God first with the first tenth, God sanctifies or blesses the rest. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and is useful in one way or another, showing us the truth. How many know we live in a society that doesn't even believe there's a truth? Exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we're put together and shaped up for the task that God has for us. Now, the question is, what value do we put on God's word? Do we glorify God by by saying, God, I take your word as my number one standard? That's what I'm going to live by. Uh, Barner's research group, a Christian research group, says that in America today, that 9% of Christians have a biblical worldview. 9% of Christians esteem God's word over culture, over friends, over feelings, over I think. But the very first step to going deeper in God, right? Is to esteem God, to esteem his word, to glorify God, glorify his word. The Psalmist said this in Psalms 119 verse 128. He said, therefore, I consider all of your precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. So what, what the Psalmist is saying, he says, I look at your word and you are right about everything, right? You are right about marriage. You are right about forgiveness. You're right about raising kids. You're, you're, you're right about my work. You're, you are right about money. You are right about every single subject that you, that you deal with. And by the way, God's word deals with every subject. But so often, it's culture. It's my friends. It's I think. It's I feel. But realize this. The devil's target is God's word. You just go back to Genesis chapter 3 the very first thing he said to Eve was, did God say? Did God say? No, you will not die. Oh yeah, God said that, but you will not die. Trying to steal the word of God. In Mark chapter four, it says, Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower and how the, that seed of the kingdom of God is sown into people's hearts. It's these are the ones by the wayside. They hear Where the word is sown, they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes a word that was sown out of their hearts. You know, I would say this, you're probably not that person. But here's where so many of us fall today. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word. But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful we're esteeming other things above God's word. And when we do, it becomes unfruitful. The way that we glorify God is we value his word above any and every other thing. The first step to going deeper in God is to glorify or to esteem, give weight to his word. And again, we're living in a society that they tell us those who say they're Christians, born again believers, there's only 9% of us that have that biblical worldview. Uh, you know, I said to somebody, I, I said, Well, the Bible says, and you know what they said to me? They said, well, Oprah said. Well, I really don't care what Oprah said. Oprah's not God. All right? But so often you say the Bible says, and they're like, well, well, the culture, my friends, my feelings, my desires. But when we glorify, esteem God, we disesteem what other people think. We disesteem our culture. We disesteem our feelings, our desires. Um, you you, You can lose your victory, your peace, your joy in God's blessing by not esteeming God's word we cannot allow anything else to occupy that position. Jesus said this, he said, if anyone comes after me and doesn't hate his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brother, his sister, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now he's saying you need to hate in comparison to the way that we love and esteem God. But we need to love and esteem God above our parents, Let me say it like this. I love God and esteem his word more than I love Jeannie and esteem her. She loves God and esteems God's word more than she esteems me. And I'm glad. And that's the way that it should be. Our our love for God and for his word in comparison to everything else, it just pales. It's like it's not even there. We disesteem God. Other things. I I remember uh, a couple years ago, after a service, somebody came up and just said to me, Well, I don't believe what you're saying. (laughs) And "I, I, I just don't believe that. And I said, Well, I'm sorry. You don't believe the Bible? And do you say, Did that really shake you up? No. Why? Because I esteem. God and his word more than I esteem somebody's opinion. But we are so often we're letting people's opinions. We esteem somebody else's opinion, their acceptance, right? Over what God says. Now, if your boss says to you, hey, uh, we're not gonna be able to get that to the customer for six months, but tell him it'll be there in four weeks. Now, are you going to disesteem your boss and glorify God? Are you, going to do, well, are you going to lie? Are you going to bear false witness? What are you going to do? I, I know we're getting right down to where we live, but we need to esteem, value, and magnify God in his word above all else. In Hebrews 12, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. The the Greek word there can actually be translated disesteeming the shame. So Jesus was disesteeming what people thought, being mocked, being ridiculed, being abandoned, being betrayed, the pain of crucifixion, he disesteemed all of that because he esteemed doing the will of God more, right? The Apostle Paul said it like this But what things were gained to me, those I count loss for Christ. Yet doubtlessly, that I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as dung that I may win Christ. Now, the the, the loss of all things, he was considering his pedigree, his education, his reputation, his possessions, his freedom, all of those things. He said, man, I just disesteem them. I count them as dumb. But what I want to do, what I'm esteeming, is doing the will of God and fulfilling what God has called me to do. That's glorifying God. He said, I count them as dumb. Now, by the way, when he wrote this, he's in jail. You know what he's saying to everybody? Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice. Again and again and again, because he valued God and his word and God's call on his life more than he did anything else. To the point where he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said, for I'm hard pressed betwixt two, having a desire to die and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful to you. He said, I- I'm just looking forward to heaven. He said, everything that's down here, I disesteem. Uh, people say things like, you know, I know God wants me to tithe, to forgive, to share my faith to be in church, uh, to volunteer. But you know what? Uh, There's other things that we esteem higher than the will of God. I've actually had people say, I know I should come to church here, but my family goes to this other church and it would just really upset them. Do you esteem your family's opinion more than what you know God wants you to do? See, we need to esteem God first. That's how you glorify God. By esteeming him, all right, above relationships and recognition and family and career and acceptance and possessions, we esteem God above all else. David said it this way. He said, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of silver and gold. He said, I look at money. He said, and it's nothing to me compared to my love for you. And I'm gonna esteem you over the pursuit of all of the money that this world could offer me. He said, the words of your mouth, they're better to me than thousands of coins of silver and gold. You know, he's, he's, he's glorifying God. Paul said this in in Romans 11. He said, for I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I'm an apostle to the Gentiles, and I magnify my ministry. He said, I magnify what I can do. I glorify what I can do to build the kingdom of God. Now, today, what a lot of people magnify and glorify is, hey, I'm going to retire so I can golf every day. Hey, nothing wrong with golf, go for it. But every day, every day, how many of you know that God has, no, God has something for every single one of us to do? And in the word of God, there's never such a thing as retirement from the kingdom. Paul says, I'm magnifying what God has called me to do. And so often what we do not esteem what God has called us to do, right? We're willing to put that aside But that shouldn't be our hearts. I've got a pair of binoculars here, all right? And when I'm esteeming something, oh, I guess I'm going to keep these on. You didn't know this. My mic is in the glasses, so there's a wire. People say, where's your mic? I don't tell you, but it's in my glasses, right? So I can't take them off because you won't hear me. All right. I look here. Oh, my goodness. Yo. Wow. I can even see your faces. I can see your face in the balcony. All right. You know what I'm doing? I'm magnifying. I'm esteeming because they're, they're, they're getting bigger. They're close. They're important. All right. But you ever look through binoculars like this? Oh, John, you're about this big. I mean, he's in the front row. He's about that big. You know what? That's what we should do to everything else compared to the word of God. That's what we should be doing. The Bible says this in Psalm 69. David said, I will magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. We are esteeming God and that's what we need to be doing. Now, somebody says, you just don't understand. I've just got all of these problems going on. I got all this stuff. You know, there's setbacks, there's betrayals, there's trials, there's problems, there's difficulties, there's giants, there's mountains, and there's just all this stuff going on. And I'm just focusing on trying to get take care of this stuff. I want you to listen. This is what Paul said. I'm going to close with this. He said, for our light affliction is but for a moment. It's working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, he says light affliction. You say, wow, he just didn't have my problems. Let me give you a few of his problems, all right? Stripes beyond measure, whipped. In prison, more frequently. In danger of losing my life, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. By the way, they took your sandals off and beat your feet with rods until they broke bones, three times. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shift-wrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils of the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst and fasting often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things that comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Now look, how many of you think your problems are as bad as Paul's problems? I mean, he's in jail, he's beaten, he's stoned and left for dead. I mean, you're probably, you know what he called him? Our light affliction. It's but for a moment. You say, yeah, but I've been in this stinking marriage for 30 years. It's but for a moment. It is but for a moment. You look at eternity and it is but for a moment. We need to esteem God's word. And when we esteem his word, we're glorifying that word. Literally, the Bible tells us that is the first step in going deeper into the things of God, is recognize that God's word is speaking to you. That is God's speaking for you. It's God's will for your life. And we esteem it more than anything else that's going on. And I realize you may be going through some terrible things but it's nothing compared to what Paul went through. It's nothing compared to what Jesus went through. And the Bible says that Jesus dis He disesteemed everything he had to go through. And Paul said, whatever it is we're going through, it's but for a moment in comparison to eternity. And it's working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If you don't know you're right with God today, and you say, I want to be right, I want to be forgiven. I want you to bow your head with me and pray this prayer from your heart. Just say, Oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe that he rose again and I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer, that your blood washed me from my sin, that my past is gone, that I'm your child today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard your prayer, and you are forgiven and right with God. Now, you've taken your first step into the kingdom, but we want you to keep growing spiritually. I wrote a book full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually, and I want to send it to you absolutely free of charge. You can download it or let us know. We'll send you a hard copy absolutely free. Keep on growing. Keep on living for the Lord. God bless you, and we love you.
0: If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by faith is changing lives all around the world with the truth of God's word. When you choose to sow a seed into the kingdom of God, that money might leave your hand, but the blessing that comes from it will stay with you for eternity. If you'd like to become a partner with us, we have three easy ways you can give. One, text WBF Give to 1-888-364-GIVE. Two, visit walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. And three, Click on the giving icon in our app. We'd love to connect with you. Here at Walking by Faith, we believe in the power of prayer. We have people standing by ready to pray with you. Scan the code on your screen to send us a prayer request or visit walkingbyfaith.tv to chat with someone today. I pray that you will start to esteem God in your daily life. We'll see you again next time.